Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, I'll say good afternoon to you because right now I am in uh, England near Salisbury. <sighs> I was here last week when we had Colin Tipping. Uh, I had just arrived that day. So I've been here for a week now and uh, had an amazing hailstorm. I posted that on my Jennifer Helen Hadley fan page at uh, Facebook in case you're interested in seeing the hailstorm video. Kind of fun. All right. So, our topic this week is the second coming of Christ. I'm excited to begin. Let's do as we always do and place our hand on our heart and turn within. Take a breath together. Breathing in the love of God, expanding our awareness into divine grace. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self and remembering that our true identity is perfect love. We're willing to remember our true identity. Willing to demonstrate love in every area of our life. We're grateful and we're thankful right now to recognize our holy purpose. So grateful and so thankful to... Take this breath of love and gratitude and open our awareness to the Christ presence and to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. So we declare that this is a time of healing. It's a time of expansion and we're grateful to share it right now in grace and gratitude. We allow it to be and so it is. Amen. 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 All right, so let's dive in here. In case you didn't know, right after Lesson 300 in the workbook, there is a section called, What is the Second Coming? What is the Second Coming? And it says, Christ's Second Coming, which is sure as God, is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. That's what Christ's second coming is. Merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. And so, for me, what I have started to get so strongly, this message, that we are that second coming of Christ. So, in Biblical teachings, there is this teaching that Jesus was the first coming and there was a second coming expected, or there is a second coming expected. And what's been coming into my awareness is to really recognize that our waking up is that second coming. Our claiming our Christ nature is that second coming. That we're not looking for a return of Jesus to walk the earth, although there are many, many 
uh, occurrences where people have experienced Jesus uh, walking the earth in the last couple thousand years. That's not what the second coming is about. It's about our remembering our Christhood as Jesus did. Now, you can say that he attained it. It's another way to think of it. We can attain our Christhood. But right here, it's saying the second coming, which is sure as God, is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. It is a part of the condition that restores the never lost, and restores the never lost, and reestablishes what is forever and forever true. So we haven't lost our sanity, and we haven't lost our Christhood but we've blocked it in our mind. It is the invitation to God's word to take illusion's place. Let God's word replace illusion in our mind. The willingness, always coming back to that willingness, to let forgiveness rest upon all things without exception and without reserve. So here is some clear, to me, insight, forgiveness of everything, without exception and without reserve. So how many of us don't hold some exceptions? We don't hold some judgments in reserve. Now, if you've been listening to my show or participating in my classes at all for the last few years, you know that what I teach about forgiveness is that forgiveness is relinquishing the judgment. Forgiveness is non-judgment. And we can say we forgive, but it does not land in our heart until we relinquish the judgments. So that's forgiveness without exception and without reserve. So I'm inviting you right now to recognize, because many people, it's not in our awareness that the smallest resentment, the smallest regret, the smallest blame will literally prevent us from waking up. And so many of us, myself included, uh, have labored for years and years and years to try to understand mystical teachings, to try to align with mystical teachings, and yet, not without exception, not without reserve. And so until we're willing to go into that place, no exceptions, no reserve, nothing held back, all forgiveness all release of all judgment. We can't experience the second coming of the Christ. And that second coming of the Christ is in our mind. It's a return to our right-mindedness. So A Course in Miracles is a mind training to assist us in right-mindedness. And I love, love, love what Jesus tells us throughout the book, particularly in the workbook, tells us we don't have to understand these teachings in order to experience the healing. 
We just have to be willing, 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 willing to do the practices. Now, many, so many people have told me that they have studied the lessons, studied the text, etc., for years without really applying it from their heart. They've made it an intellectual exercise. And then they wonder why they're not experiencing the healing. They still feel upset and bothered and resentful and regretful, ashamed, etc. It's because in their heart, they're still holding on to the judgments. The hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life was really become wholeheartedly willing to release the judgments that I held so dearly. And as I've been talking about in my Masterful Living class for a long time, for years now, (laughs) I have really recognized that there's great benefit in surrendering all attachment to all memories. And I was sharing just uh, yesterday, actually, in class that I went through a period where I this was even before I came to A Course in Miracles, where I recognized that memories were not helpful to me, that I didn't need them. They weren't actually useful to me because I didn't wish to re-experience the past anymore. I was interested in experiencing The moment now where love is alive in my heart, where my mind and my heart are pristine and pure, and I am activated and motivated by love and only love. And that's where my freedom is. That's where the Christ is. And that began to be my focus. And so I began to pray many times a day to release all memories that did not serve my path of love. And any memories of pain or suffering that I had, let me use them only to be truly helpful to others. And if I couldn't be truly helpful with them, I didn't need to remember them or have those memories at all. And I continuously ask that my mind be swept clean and clear of all memories. And I used to ruminate about the past a lot, and I used to re-experience the past in fantasy. So I would re-experience the painful and the pleasurable memories over and over again. And then I also used to spend a lot of time fantasizing about the future. And so I was very rarely present in the now moment. But then I caught that now is really only where I can experience love. And I became profoundly interested in experiencing love. And I recognized that love is our healer. And so if I wasn't willing to be fully present in the moment now, then I wasn't going to experience the healing. So I learned that I could not be re-experiencing the memories of the past or fantasizing about the future 
and be in the healing presence of love at the same time. So I had to choose what was I going to do. And I decided to choose the present moment. And so, of course, like anything else, I had to choose again and again and again and retrain my mind to be present in the now moment. And what I do notice now is that I don't think about the past very much. In fact, the time that I'm most likely to think about the past is when I'm teaching. Because as I'm sharing uh, what I'm learning, then what comes into my mind is I get activated by intuition suggesting, tell this story, tell that story. And so, and then as I tell those stories, I not only share the wisdom, I'm harvesting the wisdom and experiencing the wisdom. Now, what I can tell you is that for a long, long time, uh, for decades, I used to tell and retell the stories of my pain and suffering because uh, I enjoyed that. I uh, enjoyed the attention that I got from friends and loved ones. And uh, I don't enjoy that anymore. <laughs> in fact, I'd rather not talk about it at all. I'd rather just do my own inner work of releasing all judgments. Because now I am aware of what it says on page 448 in the textbook, uh, the section on responsibility, which I quote all the time. I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. So, if I am blaming anyone for my feelings, then I'm completely contradicting what I've come to know is true, and that would be insanity. So, there's not a lot for me to share when I am uh, bothered or upset. Uh, it's often just an opportunity for me to go within and look at the judgments and the opinions I have and to release them. And clearing all that away is making room for the second coming of the Christ. Now, it says here, again, uh, the section nine in uh, part two of the workbook just after lesson 300 paragraph two it says it is the all-inclusive nature of christ's second coming that permits it to embrace the world and hold you safe within its gentle advent which encompasses all living things with you so the second coming of the christ is all about this gentle, encompassing, and unification in our mind. There is no end to the release the second coming brings, right? So if there's anything that you are suffering from, the second coming is going to bring the release, as God's creation must be limitless, there is no end to the release the second coming brings, as God's creation must be limitless. 
So the second coming is that return to awareness of our infinite nature. Yes, our unity, our oneness. Forgiveness lights the second coming's way because it shines on everything as one, and thus is oneness recognized at last. So, Course in Miracles teaches us that all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And likewise, all unforgiveness is unforgiveness of your own choices. All condemnation is self-condemnation. All judgment is self-judgment. So, our healer is the love. When we allow ourselves to be loving, then we are healed. When we allow ourselves to choose loving thoughts instead of judgment, then the second coming We're preparing the way for it, are we not? It's interesting to me how many times I have cherished the smallest of opinions. You you can think of times when you are in stores or on the phone with somebody or in an airport or any place, anywhere, maybe even at your church, and you have some little resentment, some little annoyance. It's so pesky and tiny. And yet, it becomes far more important than the second coming of the Christ in that moment. We would cherish the smallest frustration or irritation and feel righteous about it rather than welcome the Christ. And so for me, my practice has become that when I experience those feelings of frustration and irritation and upset, I've learned to move into gratitude over and over and over again, training myself to move into that gratitude. And when that gratitude comes, I open myself because what am I grateful for? I'm grateful that I am aware that I have a choice to welcome the Christ, that second coming, the return in my mind, or I can cherish that thought of separation that indeed is the reason why I'm feeling frustrated or irritated. I get to choose again and choose again and choose again and how grateful I am that that is so. Oh, we're so blessed, aren't we, to have these teachings of A Course in Miracles to guide us. We're so blessed to have each other to walk this path with, and I am so grateful. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles Online Unity Radio. Taking a short break here. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. 
Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we're discussing the second coming of Christ, uh, as is uh, part of the workbook. It's just after Lesson 300. Uh, it says, what is the second coming? What is the second coming? And the second coming ends the lessons that the Holy Spirit teaches, making way for the last judgment in which learning ends in one last summary that will extend beyond itself and reaches up to God. Now, as you may know, if you've been hanging out with me for a while, I I call the Holy Spirit the higher Holy Spirit self. And the reason I do is because uh, I have heard a lot of people talk about the Holy Spirit as though the Holy Spirit is outside of them, as though the Holy Spirit is separate from them, just as many people talk about God as being separate from them. And to me, that's not helpful. It's not helpful to think of the Holy Spirit as outside of ourselves or separate from ourselves. But rather, I I call the higher Holy Spirit self that it's part of ourself, that it is uh, the I am presence, the I am that I am. Be still and know that I am God. God is the I am. I am that I am. So, I am is another name for God. I am that I am. I am God. I am that God. The God of all good. The God of all unified. The oneness. And so, here... The second coming ends the lessons of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit teaches. So, who is teaching us these lessons? We're teaching ourselves, because there is no other. And for me, that's a very helpful awareness, very helpful realization, because it helps us to remember that we're waking up to our Christ self. We're waking up to our divinity. And so, the lessons that we're being taught are not being forced upon us. We're not being made to learn. We are choosing to listen to the voice of the higher Holy Spirit self. So, in our human journey, we've become identified with the ego, a selfish self, a self with a small s. And we've become so identified with the small self that we really think that's who we are. But the truth is, we are that higher self. And so, what A Course in Miracles clearly does, when you work the workbook and you study the text and the manual for teachers you begin to realize that this is a mind training to help us move from identification with the body, and the body is the representation of the ego, the selfish self, the carnal self, the one that's obsessed with pleasure and sensation and getting and needing and wanting and having, and we're moving from the identification with that, the one that is in lack and limitation, 
to identification with the higher self, the one who has everything, is united with everything and everyone, and experiences no lack whatsoever. This is what leads us to believe and to recognize that in God there can be no lack. If God is all there is, there can be no lack. So, in our higher identification, we recognize we have it all. How do we have it all? We have it all through a shift in awareness. Because it is only the belief in lack and limitation that brings the experience of lack and limitation. There's no other way to bring an experience but to have a belief in it. Isn't that, isn't that the good news? That we can change our belief. We can choose again. The second coming that says here, in what is the second coming? The second coming is the time in which all minds are given to the hands of Christ to be returned to spirit in the name of true creation and the will of God. The second coming is the time in which all minds are given to the hands of Christ to be returned to spirit in the name and true creation and the will of God. Name of true creation and the will of God. Yes. So there's this restoration that is coming upon us. And we can choose to join now or later. It's up to you. The second coming is the one event in time which time itself cannot affect. Aha. Uh-huh. For everyone who ever came to die or yet will come or who is present now is equally released from what he made. That's right. So in our waking up to our Christ self, everything that we ever believed about ourselves is dissolved. In fact, it is dissolving everything that we ever believed about ourselves that allows the second coming to happen. In this equality is Christ restored as one identity. There is one Christ. One Christ. Yes. So many people call Jesus Christ, and we're one with Jesus. And yet many people think, oh, Jesus is the Christ, but I'm not. What would be different about your life today if you knew that you were the Christ? What if you were willing to believe that you are the Christ presence? Mm-hmm. These are things worth pondering. The second coming is the one event in time which time itself cannot affect. For everyone who ever came to die or yet will come or who is present now is equally released from what he made. So you could say all karma is dissolved. In this equality is Christ restored as one identity in which the sons of God acknowledge that they are all one. 
And God the Father smiles upon his Son, his one creation, and his only joy. So this is the one thing that we're headed towards. And uh, I only say that because we perceive time uh, to be uh, a location, right? We think of the past as being in one direction and the future being in another direction, direction and that we're located in the present rather than in the unity of all. So Christ is restored as one identity in which the sons of God acknowledge that they are all one. Pray that the second coming will be soon, but do not rest with that. It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet. Isn't that interesting? It needs your voice, and most of all, it needs your willingness. Let us rejoice that we can do God's will and join together in its holy light. Behold, the Son of God is one in us, and we can reach our Father's love through Him. So, I just think this is really interesting how uh, Jesus says, Pray that the second coming will be soon. But do not rest with that. It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet. Now, I've talked with Course in Miracles students sometimes who are in situations where uh, there are things around them going on where um, people are being taken advantage of or abused uh, or where um, people are stealing these kinds of things going on, um, injustice, you could say, where uh, innocent people are being uh, victimized and people who are in those situations where they could make a difference, they say, what can I do but love, right? Because seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. Now, how does that work with this? Pray that the second coming will be soon, but do not rest with that. It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet. It needs your voice. And most of all, it needs your willingness. So what does that mean? So here's what my sense of it is. It, what's required here is for us to extend love. Now, we can only do that if we're without opinion or judgment. In order to extend love, truly, we must be able to only love. No judgments, no opinions, no complaints, no attack, no thoughts of separation. So this is what we're training our mind to do, that we can be truly helpful. That we could walk into any store, and while we might be there to purchase something, there may also be an opportunity for us to extend love and be truly helpful. We might go into a situation thinking that we're there to get something, but in reality, in God reality, we're there to extend love, to share something. And the going there to get something is really just a, a ruse, <laughs> if you will. It's uh, an excuse to, to go there. I know 
many times I've prayed with people who are going on job interviews or auditions or things like that. And I would say, you've no idea why you're going there. Uh, don't assume that you're going there to get something. Go there to share something. Go there to be the love of God. You you never know when you might be walking into a situation where there are people in in the building, people in the elevator, people in the hallway, people in the rooms you might visit who are very depressed, suicidal, and your showing up in their environment, extending love in even the most casual ways, just being a high vibratory person in the building could shift the energy enough that that person, that brother, that sister, might raise their vibration up, right? If I be lifted up, I draw all unto me. This is the second coming of the Christ that I believe we can walk in in every moment. I don't think it's arrogance to say that you or I are the second coming of the Christ. I think it is with great humility that we would say we are the second coming of the Christ. We're welcoming the second coming of the Christ. We're willing to bring forth and to allow the second coming of the Christ. And what I love about these teachings of A Course in Miracles is they tell us over and over and over again, we don't have to make anything happen. We allow it. We become the place where love is expressing. And so then we're guided by love, we're inspired by love, we're motivated by love, and we can make no mistakes. Then there is no correction needed, for our heart is true, our heart is pristine, and whatever unfolds is for the good. So we can walk in this intention all the time to be the evidence of the living Christ. Pray that the second coming will be soon. But do not rest with that. It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet. It needs your voice. But most of all, it needs your willingness. Let us rejoice that we can do God's will and join together in its holy light. Behold, the Son of God is one in us, and we can reach our Father's love through Him. Yes. Yes. How beautiful this is. Let us rejoice that we can do God's will and join together in its holy light. Yes. So this also brings up the thoughts about free will and God's will, divine will. Now, many times I hear people say that they just are waiting to find out what God wants. and. That doesn't actually make sense to me, because God is the all in all. What could God want? And what could God want for me if I'm already the Christ? So the only thing for me is 
to allow the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. That's the only thing for me. And God doesn't need to want that for me because it is revealing itself. It's inevitable. This is what A Course in Miracles tells us. It's just a matter of time, and time is not real. So there's nothing for God to want for me. However, I understand why people say that. And a lot of times I feel like people are waiting. They're waiting for some sign. They're waiting for some indication. And I understand that as well. But my experience is that love is always inspiring us. Love is always motivating us if we're willing. But if we're in thoughts of lack and limitation, then our mind is not in the present moment where inspiration lives. If our thoughts are of lack of limitation, then our thoughts are in the past or we're looking at the future through the lens of the past and then we're not in the now moment, which means we're not available for inspiration and guidance. So if we're not available for inspiration and guidance, doesn't it make sense that we would be wondering what does God want? And thinking that God is wanting. But God isn't wanting. God is the all and all. And this human experience of identification with a smaller selfish self, a self that is limited and in lack, this experience, uh, the use of our free will to believe that we are less than and not enough, is for our learning. It's a, I think of it as a divine experiment in free will. And yet, God's will is all that's real and all that there ever will be. And our will will forever be God's will. So let us indeed rejoice that we can do God's will, that we can choose to align our will with divine will. How do we do that? We choose love. We pray for the second coming and that it will be soon and that it will be in our hearts and our minds and we get to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. So that music tells you that it's time for me to take a short break. You're listening to Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles at Unity Online Radio and I'll be right back. in a state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net.
the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. This is Jennifer Hadley. We're listening to. No, we're 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 talking about a course of miracles. Whoa, <laughs> on Unity Online Radio, where nothing real can be threatened because nothing unreal exists, and herein lies the peace of God. So we're we're what I'm inviting you to do today is to, and I mean this very sincerely. As part of your spiritual practice, just experiment with it and pray that the second coming will be soon. But don't rest with that. It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet. It needs your voice. And I think that that is a clear, a clear, clear statement there. The second coming needs your eyes, ears, hands, feet, and voice. It requires it. And so, don't withhold that. Don't withhold that. Now, the, here's one of the tricks for all of us all the time, is to constantly be evaluating. What is our motivation in doing anything? So, what is our motivation in sharing? What is our motivation in extending love? Is our motivation that somebody would like us? Is our motivation that somebody would see us? right? This is one of the fundamental teachings of Jesus that God knows, in other words, the I Am Presence, our higher Holy Spirit Self, the infinite mind of God, everyone, everywhere knows what you hold in your heart in secret. You can't hide that. So, don't even bother trying. There's no point, none whatsoever, to uh, make a show of your good works and your good deeds, do do it all in secret. You don't have to tell anyone. But still, you know, it can be nice to share your experiences and your ahas and your insights all the time with friends, loved ones, prayer partners. I certainly do that. But we don't need to make a show of our good deeds. We can just 
do them because we're extending love. Now, guaranteed that if you're feeling you want to make a show of your good deeds and uh, tell everybody about it, then your motivation is of the ego. It's not of the spirit. And so you're not extending love. You're extending ego. And so I'm just going to invite you now in this moment to examine where you might be doing that in your life, using your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet, and your voice to extend the ego. Where you're doing good works, but your motivation is to get some kind of validation from someone that someone would see, someone would know, someone would hear, someone would recognize. Because, you know, in truth, everything is known in the mind of God. And so, nothing you do can be hidden. Not one little thought, nothing. And this is what the purpose of fear is, in my mind, is uh, my understanding, is that when there's fear, it's because we're not extending love. When there's fear, it's because we're choosing to extend the ego. And we can change our minds about that. In fact, uh, Jesus is so clear in the fear and conflict section in chapter 2, which is why I have people read it over and over and over and over and over again. And by the way, I've been testing and testing and playing around with the new uh, Course in Miracles app. It's not out yet. It's going to be totally free. Uh, you can pre-register for it, acimapp.com, acimapp.com. Uh, it will be available for iPhone and iPad initially, and then we'll make it for other platforms. And so I've been testing it on the iPad and on the iPhone, and I just love it. I love being able to search in it, and I love being able to set the reminders and uh, have those reminders go off. I'm finding it such a helpful tool, and I hope you will be too, and I can't wait to release it. I think we're just a few weeks away. Look for it in early April. Uh, but I'll certainly be announcing it the minute it's ready. But right now, you can go pre-register. Remember, it's totally going to be free, acimapp.com. Uh, so anyway, but I was searching the other day and it came up uh, with something in fear and conflict, which made me think of that. So in fear and conflict, uh, fear is always a sign of strain arising whenever what you want conflicts with what you do. So if what you want is the peace of God, but what you do is you extend the ego instead of love, you're going to feel afraid. So... Sometimes you'll hear people ask the question, what are you afraid of? As though the thing out there is the cause of your fear. But that will never be the case. If you ask, what are you afraid of? You're thinking that the cause of your fear is the thing out there. Or, it, you know, it might be your opinion of yourself but that's the thing the cause of fear 
It's not that we're afraid of something. Fear is caused by choosing thoughts of separation. So the most minutest thought of separation will cause the feeling of fear, the experience of fear. Fear is the result of choosing separation. Fear is not about the circumstances and conditions. It's about the thinking in the mind, which is why one person, like that, we just had the Olympics, one person can do those amazing downhill skiing things and not be afraid at all, be totally exhilarated, happy, peaceful, harmonious, whereas another person would be terrified. Same circumstances, more or less, but, and it's not just the difference in the level of skill that creates the terror, it's the thought, it's the belief. One is thinking happy thoughts, and one is thinking, I could die, I could die, I could die. And I'm identified with the body, and I don't want to die. So, The correction of all fear is within our mind. And so is the second coming of the Christ. How wonderful that we can recognize this and claim it for ourselves. Let us do so now. Yes, yes, yes. Oh boy, the show goes by so quickly, doesn't it? I am so grateful to be with you. Uh, By the way, I'm gearing up for another Living a Course in Miracles class. I'll be announcing that next week, I'm sure. And uh, you can join the Living a Course in Miracles website right now. We have uh, various membership things. We've just completely rebuilt the website. Oh my goodness. And uh, membership is free. So you can tune in now, and as soon as the class is available, I'll let you know. That's at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Oh, let's place our hand on our heart once again and say we are wholeheartedly welcoming the second coming of the Christ in our hearts and in our minds, and we're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. We are grateful and thankful to welcome the Christ and to say yes to inspiration and motivation that is truly helpful. Love is all that we are and all that we're interested in, and for this, we are thankful. In grace and gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for joining me. I'll be right here with you again next week. God bless.